you know, feeling safe is, is about not being threatened. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's also about being kind of contained. Like there is, you can bring safety with you out into the wild, but like there is a container that the dance floor holds Mm. that, that people like you and I bring to our corner of the dance floor Mm. that is holding space. And I know that's kind of a buzzword and like space, 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 but the, but the safety of not judgment and total acceptance is, is what I bring for myself. What I pack in my everyday carry, you Mm -hmm. know, what I pack in my bag is total acceptance and I can share it with you because my container is big enough, Mm -hmm. right? Because I've nurtured and grown and built it to hold your space too, to, to be able to, you know, I mean, and that's why when I'm on the dance floor, you know, in my corner broadcasting for whoever is watching or cares or notices or needs it, that I'm holding a a container, I'm creating a container that you can be safe in, Mm. that you can be wild in. Like I've gone to, one of the the dances that I really appreciated during pandemic, one of the uh, experiences that I appreciated during pandemic was that there was a live band that showed up in Prospect Park that was playing almost every night. Like a really good sort of jazz, sort Mm -hmm. of funk band and people were dancing, but not, it was like people from the community, you know, folks of every color, mm-hmm. you know, really rootsy, you know, authentic vibe. And I would go and dance and like the pe- you know, the people behind me, the white guys, right? <laughs> just call them. I'll just call it as I say it, you know, would come up to me afterwards and not like they were trying to hit on me, but like, <gasps> you made it okay mm. for me to move my body. Like I just, I didn't, I hadn't have permission. So there's like, I feel like there's permission inside safety. There's a container inside safety. Yeah. But what do you, what do you, what do you think? This is a big, big topic for you. It's a huge topic, and I mean, I can just say that the first time I ever danced was at a techno party. And prior to that, what I knew is dancing was grinding at a hip hop event, right? So there's, a, there's an element of dance in that, no doubt, but I wasn't really dancing. And I'll never forget the first proper rave I went to. I was just blown away by the community of people. I was kind of new on my spiritual awakening. I was having the time of my life, but I wasn't really dancing. Uh-huh. I was sitting down with this crew and talking to them for an hour or so. And at one point, they all kind of stood up and said, let's go dance. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, any girls I can grind on? It's like, I don't know how to dance. I was kind of worried in that moment. So we got out there and I was kind of like, monkey see, monkey do, right? Like, what are, what are other people doing? And there's just so many people doing that classic two-step techno uh-huh. thing. You yeah, know what yeah. I'm talking about? Yeah, so I, I kind of put those shoes on. Sure. I was like, oh shit, I can do this, but this is kind of boring. It's safe. First level of safety has been achieved because I'm doing what they're doing, sort of. And then I really had this 
phase where I was going in and out of flow and then coming back to resistance. So maybe I just started moving my hands with very little form, but I'm flapping them around and then I'd snap out of it and I'd kind of look around like, oh wow, like is, is anybody watching me? Like, do I look stupid? And I had maybe three or four in and outs of that. And then I kind of came back to my ego mind and I looked to my right and there was this guy next to me dancing. And he was just... <laughs> No form at all, you know, nothing impressive, but everything impressive by the freedom. freedom. And in that moment, that was my path that night to freedom was through that dude. And me looking at him and say, wow, he looks like an animal <laughs> and I love it. Yeah. And in a way it gave me permission again. If he was doing handstands and doing really cool stuff with his muscle showing, I'd been like, oh, like intimidated to do it. But there, in his case, he wasn't broadcasting or holding space directly. He was just in it. He was so in it that that in itself created a door for yeah. me to say, oh, wow, like, yeah, I can do this too. And then I went in there. But since then, I mean, Hmm. It's been the ultimate space for me to feel safe, but I have a lot of conflicting feelings about it. And who better to talk to about it than you? Because what I'm referring to is, is women. And I don't want to say that every techno party women are being sexually harassed, this, that, the third, but I've been to a handful of parties with female friends who have been harassed in some way. And to me, obsessively staring is harassment. But in the context of this conversation, I'm talking about ass being grabbed. And in those situations, when I talked to my friends about it, they weren't able to really surrender to the energy of the party after their ass was grabbed by a man that you know, didn't have consent. Boundaries, yeah. Right. So... You know, I leave the party, I'm tripping on drugs, I'm higher than life off the drugs, but also just the, the madness Vibe, and the yeah. freedom and just the wah, going nuts. And then I talk to my friend and she's upset because she had to spend the whole party in her head being guarded about physical harassment. And I'm like, fuck, like this same, we went to the same party, that's my homie. And I'm accessing this newfound freedom and quite frankly, heaven for me. But then my friend who deserves the same access to the same experience seemingly has a different experience at these parties. So I do think that in the bigger picture, yes, safety to express and to be yourself. But then I do think that there's a, a deeper conversation to be had about how to make a dance floor actually safe, how to make a dance floor actually safe, how to just be, I think, more mindful as a community. Um, I think that a lot happens when everyone on the dance floor feels connected in some way we're kind of looking out for each other or we can feel safe with each other because there's always going to be a rotten apple here or there. And forgive me for calling them rotten apples, but 
there will tend to be a man who will grab an ass from time to time. But are we doing any good by slapping him in the face and calling him a fucking animal and a piece of shit? Uh, maybe that's what happens sometimes. But I think more conversation around the whole piece is helpful as a community to kind of steer this in the right direction. But I don't want to speak for women and I don't want to make a problem out of something that's not there. But I mean, I've just seen it many times. And then even if I'm being honest, it's, it's not about this. It is about my friends. But it even gets to a point where it's selfishly disturbing my experience. Yeah. Because I see this happening to my friends. And now I feel obligated to go help. and To be a monitor. Yeah, and I'm, I'm here for that. But you can't always gauge the situation. And who am I to come in and say, hey, don't talk to her, right? It's not until later that she reveals, God, this guy's been annoying me and not picking up my boundaries for the last two hours. Can you help me out? And then I go in there and I do it. But I don't always want to have to do that. Right. It doesn't necessarily need to be your job. Yeah. But it needs to be somebody's job. It should have been his mother's. Yeah. Or his father's. Yeah. You know, his parents you know, should have taught him how to be a good person. I'm at this point now where I want to believe that people are doing the best with what they have and what their experiences are. Oh, but they're not. That's interesting. Tell me. I don't think people are doing their best all the time. I know I'm not yeah. doing my best all the time. And I'm doing really well. I'm doing really a lot. And I'm still not doing my best all the time. I, I, you know, for somebody who hasn't attained awareness or hasn't found compassion or who hasn't looked for another way to connect rather than, you know, rather than something they can take from somebody, you know, or sneak rather than something they can ask for. And, you know, those people haven't even started. Yeah. Those people haven't started even looking within themselves. I agree, but I, my, or at least in that, my found, my deeper belief about it is that my life, I'm grateful for my life experiences that have led me to kind of explore those paths. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them weren't pretty, you know, they were some of the darker stuff. Okay. So I'm interested because you talked about grinding Yes. and hip hop um, and you know, I'm, I'm assuming because I know you, but at the same time where there's a growth, you know, there's a, there's a spectrum, um, that the women that you ground, uh, maybe grinded, grinded, uh, (laughs) were consented to be grinded. There was always some level of consent. Right. Mm -hmm. Now, now how did you learn? Learn what? To ask for consent. Mm. How did you get that message that A, it needed to be gotten and B, how to do it and B, trust yourself that you would get consent enough so that you didn't feel like you had to sneak up and do it? Yeah, wow, this is a great conversation. So the grinding was never sneaky and like, let me just go get a quick hump and then she's going to push me away to, to clarify to everyone out there. Um, but I can explain, this opens a, a good door for... I think a male perspective on this thing. Yeah. So for me in high school, for example, I was overweight. I was very insecure in regards to approaching women. So that went on until my first girlfriend when I was 21. And then even through my twenties, I felt like 
a newborn in the space of sexual communication, let's say, to express a desire. So maybe in a way, unknowingly, I, yeah, kind of makes sense now, like these hip hop parties that I was going to created a container for sort of this body language exchange to go on like, hey, like I'm looking at you, smiling, we shared a smile, you're giving warm vibes, I'm getting closer, kind of dancing in front of you, you grab my arm, and now we're grinding, you know? Um, but I always struggled with this feeling of feeling an attraction and then not acting on it. So I'd see a really cute girl and I'd be attracted to her. But whether it's not knowing the tools or having the tools or quite frankly, just not being confident enough to say hello and face the fear of rejection, I suppose. Mm -hmm. It just left me back here and I'm the guy that was really only dancing and grinding and talking to women when they were talking to me. So I'd put myself out there and I'd smile and I'd send the signals, but I was like, you gotta be the one to make the move because right. I don't know how to do this and I'm scared. Yeah. And there's all this pressure on guys to make the move. Right. And I get that, right? But like, I didn't have that confidence. So a lot of times it left me stuck and I'm not saying that it's ever okay for a guy to just go grab someone's ass. Uh -huh. But I do, from my own experience, understand how like, you can get in a situation where you have, let's just say in this context, like sexual attraction is, you know, stored up. And if you don't know how to communicate, it can lead you to snapping and that can lead to some level of harassment. Of grabbing, yeah. Right. Snapping, grabbing. Right. But yeah. what was your question? I mean, I, I still... I still don't know how to have the conversation, to be honest, because what happens for me, fuck it, we're here. What happens for me is I'll meet a woman and there will be an authentic connection happening. And in that connection is, is birthed sexual desire, potentially. And I sometimes get so deep into like human to human, not thinking of an ulterior motive path, sex, for example. And we're just here that when it's time for like, hey, by the way, like, I'd be very interested in kissing you. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I don't fucking <laughs> You can't even say it. <laughs> it's the worst one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. usually it's like, the woman makes a move, but that's, <sighs> it's something that's frustrated me my entire life. Yeah. And it's my own internal thing of insecurity and approaching and fear of rejection and stuff like that. Now I've reached a point, I mean, I'm fucking, I'm sexually just off right now. Right. And I love it. I'm just right. in my own world. That's not a focus. So I'll use this opportunity to just drop everything. And the next time sexual impulses show up, we'll see what happens in that moment. But yeah, for me, it was always difficult to approach and me being the insecure kind of softer person, which would probably surprise a lot of people. Uh, being that type, I would never aggressively 
make the hip touch kind of move. But had I be a guy that's a little bit more aggressive, that doesn't have this social skill or is still scared of rejection, I see where the grabbiness comes. Yeah. Um, so it's not to excuse them, but it's like maybe conversations about this stuff will guide I hope one so. or two people. I th- the, the one key element that we haven't really discussed is alcohol. Oh. Um, or drugs, period. Yeah, uh, cocaine and alcohol mm-hmm. specifically um, when it comes to aggressive behavior yeah. and and um, poor decision making. Um, yeah. There's, you know, I think I think alcohol plus testosterone is a kind of a dangerous com- <laughs> is is a is a combination that's pretty pretty dangerous. Yeah. Um, you know, I I know from my friends who are trans who have taken it taken tea you okay know, yeah and after not or blocked tea right and seen the difference felt the difference that it drives it's a driver it's a it's a it's a fuel it's a mm-hmm. it's an engine yeah. that is pursuing a a goal mm-hmm. <laughs> you know and that and those thoughts of sex the thoughts of conquest the thoughts of 